Let's jump into our series that we're in uh, for the month of June. This series is called I've Decided. Uh, it's a series about really the choices we make. And specifically for many of us, uh, we follow Christ. And make a, there's a, decision, a deciding point where we go all in and we decide to follow Christ. And so during this series, series really what I want us all to understand is that all of us are following someone um, and we just, we just sometimes are unaware of it. So the question is not, who am I following, right? Uh, but um, it's not, am I following, but who am I following? Because uh, in our lives, what happens is the voices we listen to, whether that's the media, uh, whether that's other, it's friends or family, uh, individuals, uh, whoever we listen to the most eventually is going to grab our attention, is going to grab our heart, and we'll become to reflect that and look like that. And so in this series, we're saying we decide every day, why don't we make the decision to say, I'm going to follow Jesus and, uh, and, and really, because if, if you think of our lives, there's a lot of voices out there, especially now. This is the first time in history where social media is now in play. All right. No other generation has, to, has, to have to, has had to face social media. And that becomes one of the largest voices and influences in our culture, in our country, in our culture, in our lives. And if we're not careful, uh, that could be a very detrimental voice in our life if we're not careful with it. And so really, in this series, we're saying that what would it look like if we would allow the greatest voice that we could possibly hear, that would be God's voice, to speak into our lives and help us. And so this series is about that and making that decision that I have decided. And just so you know, as, as a pastor, as a Jesus follower, um, that, that was the greatest decision of my life. All right, and I look at Jesus' story, and we're gonna, we've been walking to the Gospels. And I look back to see the, the challenge that he gave to the disciples and to those around him of following him and following God and finding what God has for him. And I think of, of Jesus and showing up into history at one of the darkest moments of history. And in the middle of it, he shows up. And he begins to call uh, some young people to him, to him and say, hey, would you come and follow me? And I think of all the things Jesus could have been. He could have been a political revolutionary, right? He could have come and established the best government. Um, and the prophets actually talk about that. One day he will. Um, but he could have came many different forms, many different ways as a national leader. Uh, he could have came as a religious leader, right? In the, in the sense that he would have went through their systems and been the best of the best to, to teach people how to, how to really love God and serve God in that, in that setting. But he didn't. Um, he came and he submitted himself as a little child uh, to his parents and their authority. And uh, he grew up under that system of learning, uh, of being a Jewish uh, man and, and going through the schooling and all the teachings and finding a, um, a job, a trade, a profession. He worked that until he was about 30. And then at eight, around age 30 is when he began his public ministry. And I think of all the things he could have done, uh, he chose to come as a servant. He, came, he chose to come as an individual, a human, to help us to experience and, and see a, a better example. And I love the fact that uh, he, he invites us on this journey. So for this series, this is the third week. Uh, the first week we talk about what it looks like to be a disciple. And we said this, that it's impossible to be a disciple or a follower of someone and not end up like that person. So it's impossible to watch any kind of news outlet and not become more like them, right? And the danger in our culture is when we listen to only one side, we become more like that one side. Uh, but if we'll pay attention and say, how do I have more balance in my life? How can I... Uh, have a dialogue and discussion, which was last week was about that. Uh, maybe I'll be more balanced in my approach. And so uh, you, whoever you follow, you become, because following is always about becoming like someone. All right. And so last week we talked about if we're going to become like someone and have a relationship with someone, we have to start with conversation. And we said conversation is the basis for any relationship. And so in our relationships, uh, we have to understand that we have to, if we're going to follow, it always starts with listening because following always starts with listening. So learn to be better conversationalists, right? Learn to ask better questions. Learn to engage with those around us, specifically with God. And we said that if we're going to be listening, to, if, if, if we're going to make God a priority in our lives, we have to start with the habit of prayer and Bible study. 
And that means uh, regularly listening to God, right? And we said that three things you can do. One, have a regular time and place that, that you have consistent in your day. That'd be a chair or a room or a spot. Every, every single day you would do this because it becomes a habit, right? It's easier to do. Have an open Bible and have a listening heart to respond. And so that was last week when we talked about uh, the second aspect of, of following God is having that relationship. And how do you have that relationship? We have to have a dialogue. We have to have a discussion. And prayer is part of that. And God invites us in the relationship. He wants us to pray. But the other part is hearing, listening to what God has to say. And it has to have, be both ends. So, um, yeah, so we're, we're in this series. We've been looking at the four Gospels. Uh, I love the Bible because the Bible is a gift that God gave us uh, throughout history of different individuals writing the stories that, the different books that tell a larger story. And what's interesting is when we get to the New Testament, uh, the first four books are the story of Jesus' life. They're the, the accounts of Jesus and the things he did. And so uh, the first week we looked at the Gospel of Matthew, and then last week we looked at the Gospel of Luke. And so Matthew was a tax collector, and Jesus called even those that the Jewish people opposed and said, uh, those, those are enemies, they're, they're traitors. He called Matthew a tax collector to follow and be one of the disciples, which is a huge lesson in itself that God chooses, even sometimes people we wouldn't choose. He loves them, he cares for them. Now last week we looked at the Gospel of Luke. Uh, Luke was a, was a physician. Uh, he was Paul's friend and Paul's physician. And so a lot of his journey with Paul and hearing the stories and and Luke gave the account of, of the stories that he heard from the apostles and from uh, the disciples, and he shared that. So he wrote Luke and Acts, the story of the, of the early church also. And so today we're going to look at the third gospel, and it's actually it, it, the third that we're looking at. It's the second in, in, in the sequence in the Bible, Matthew, Mark. We're going to look at Mark. It's the shortest, um, but it was, it was also the first that was written. And so Mark, uh, he, he was um, most likely an eyewitness of a lot of the accounts, but he wasn't one of the first disciples. In fact, there's this really obscure uh, place in, in the story uh, where he tells a story. This, he, he inserts this character um, at the end of when Jesus is getting arrested and all the disciples leave Jesus, right, because they freak out and, and they're afraid. It says there's this young man who was following close by, and when they tried to grab him, um, they, they took off his, his – he was wearing like a, an, just an outer shirt, and they took his shirt trying to grab him, and he ran away naked. And so historians say that was most likely Mark writing himself into the story because it was typical they would put their name, but that was him. So if you ever read that story and say, why was there a naked guy in, the, in, the, in this gospel of Mark? That was Mark telling his part of, inserting himself into the story of, of how he was there, um, but really uh, just sharing the story. And what's interesting about Mark is he was one of Peter's companions, and so he followed Peter. He would translate for Peter. Uh, he'd also write down everything that Peter was saying. So Mark is really the gospel through Peter's account and through what Mark witnessed. And what's interesting about Mark is it's a short book. It's the shortest to read of the Gospels, and it's just full of action. It's just from, from one point to the next. Um, in fact, uh, his favorite word that he uses the most is straight away, like immediately they went. And, and he, what he's saying is he went from this thing to this thing to this thing to this thing. He, essentially, he was saying Jesus was, was a man on mission. He had purpose. He was focused. Uh, one of the commentators, uh, Warren Worsby, he says this about Mark. The Gospel of Mark, he says, Mark does not record many of our Lord's sermons because his emphasis was on what Jesus did rather than what Jesus said. He reveals Jesus as God's servant, sent to minister to suffering people and to die for the sins of the world. So Mark, he introduces Jesus as, as a servant. Uh, what you have to understand about Mark is he was writing, the audience he was writing to was, would be a Roman audience. So not people that grew up with, with a Jewish understanding, with the Old Testament understanding. It was just, here is a man who came to serve, Right? And, and to, the Rome, to the Romans, it would be a contrast to what they saw in their leaders, right? It wasn't about power and position. It was about serving others, about helping others, about caring for others. And so Mark introduces all of these different characters throughout his, 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 his gospel of how God shows up and serves the poor 
and he serves the needy, and he takes care of, of, of the broken, and, and, and he's, he's serving, and he's serving, and he's serving. And so Mark gives us this illustration of uh, the important part, aspect that he picked out of Jesus' life was his, his heart to serve others. And so we're going to look at um, one of the statements that Jesus makes in the Gospel of Mark, where he invites people to follow him. And they, they, those that make a decision to follow him, right, say, I have decided to follow Jesus, um, this would be one of the statements he makes. And he says this, Whoever wants to be my disciple, three things. He must deny themselves, they must take up their cross, and they must follow me. Whoever wants to be my disciple, deny self, take up cross, follow me. So we're going to talk about those three things today. Uh, but what's interesting about this statement is you, to understand what Jesus was saying, you have to look at the, the, the broader context of, of what Jesus is calling us to. All right? And so he makes this statement, but it comes after a teaching that he's giving to his disciples. What I love about Mark is over and over he's trying to show that Jesus is trying to help the disciples to realize um, that he's trying to establish something different than what was popular. He's trying to do something more than what culture was telling him to do. And he was inviting them into this journey to say, if you want to be part of what I'm doing, you can't think just from your perspective. You have to think from a bigger perspective. And so here's, here's where the story begins where, where, where Jesus uh, in this context, right? In, Matthew, in, in Mark 8, 31, it says this, that he then began to teach that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders and chief priests and the teachers of the law. So the eighth chapter, Jesus has already done a lot of things. He gets to chapter eight and Jesus begins to talk to disciples. And it says that he actually, the next, next one, it says he must, he says he's going to be killed after three days. He's going to rise again. And it says that he spoke plainly about this. So he was speaking very plainly, very clearly to his disciples about what was going to take place in the near future. And Jesus is telling his disciples, all right, guys, something's going to take place. All the religious leaders, the Son of Man, he's talking about himself, is going to be betrayed. And he's going to be um, killed and crucified on this cross. But don't worry, three days later, he's going to rise again. And he's talking about what's going to take place. And it says that after he tells his disciple this, that Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. He began to correct him. It's like, all right, right, Jesus, wait, wait. You're talking to us about you dying on this cross, right? You're talking about um, us... Um, Having as, as followers of you, essentially what Peter's saying is, we, we know as, as disciples that we're going to follow what our, what our rabbi does. And so if our rabbi is going to die, there's most likely we're going to die. And hey, we didn't really sign up for that. And so Peter begins to have this conversation with Jesus about how that's not okay, right? Wait, wait, Jesus, you're, you're talking about dying and how the religious and the political figures are going to reject you and they're going to kill you. But aren't you here to set up your kingdom? And it, and it shows that Peter didn't quite get it. Now, what's interesting about this story is just a few verses before, Peter actually makes the declaration that Jesus is the Messiah. And, and Jesus, Jesus compliments him and says, Peter, on that statement, I'm going to build my church. You're right. I'm the Messiah. I'm going to build my church. So one moment, Peter is the hero. At the next moment, notice what Jesus says to him. And Jesus turned and looked at his disciples and he rebuked Peter. He corrected him and he said, get behind me, Satan. You know when, when Jesus from God calls you Satan, that's not a good day, right? It's like, okay, I must have said something really bad to be called Satan in this moment. Uh, because he says this, you do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Throughout the gospel, throughout the scriptures, this is one of the things that God is trying to help us to see, is that God has something more for us than just the immediate, just what's going on right now. And Peter says that he didn't have um, God's, God's concerns in mind. He only had human concerns. Peter was looking at the whole perspective of Jesus dying on the cross from a human perspective and saying, wait, wait, the Romans are dominating us. Like we are, um, we're under their, we're oppressed by them. We're under their control and you're setting up your kingdom to, to free us, because that's what the prophets talked about. Um, but what they missed is the prophets also talked about a suffering Messiah, a Messiah that was going to come, and through suffering and through service, he was going to bring a new kingdom here. And then, in the future, 
one day soon, possibly, uh, very soon, Jesus is going to come back as the ruling Messiah. And he will come with strength and with might. And he will come in the way they want him to come. But the first time, he says, I'm just coming to show you a better way. And if you get this, you'll be part of my kingdom. If you don't, you'll miss it. And so he says, Peter, get behind me. All right? So essentially, wait, wait, Peter, you're becoming... You're becoming a, a something, that's a wall that's standing between me and what God is asking me to do. Don't become that thing. Don't become the one that separates me from God. Don't become the thing that stops me from it. And in our culture, here's the, here's the difficulty, right? With social media, with politics, with everything that's going on, all of these things, even though they're not necessarily always bad motives, they could be the very thing that keeps us from God. See, we begin to look at those things as the main thing for life, right? And Jesus is challenging Peter and saying, Peter, the, the things that you see in life, the popularity, the power, all those things, they're not the most important. And it wasn't so much that Peter had bad motives. It just, they were just the wrong motives or they were less important motives. It wasn't what God was calling them to. And in our, our setting, what we have to be, be aware of is that God is saying, right, be careful. So notice he says, uh, don't, you don't have in mind God's, God's mind. You know, you're not, heaven's, heaven's not in your, your thought process. It's only earth and humanity right now. And then it says the next verse, then he called the crowd crowds along with him and his disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. So the statement is made right after Peter says, wait, no, 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 you, that's not correct, that's not right. And Jesus says, no, no, if you want to be my disciple, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. So the question is this, when it comes to Jesus, right? When it comes to, maybe you're watching, and maybe you are a Christ follower, maybe you're a Jesus follower, and, and maybe... You've signed up to follow Jesus. Well, there's there's really, um, I think, two major people that, that choose to follow Jesus. And, and the question is is this for you, for the are watching, when it comes to Jesus, are you just a Jesus consumer or are you a Jesus follower? Here's the difference, right? A Jesus consumer is consuming what everything God has for their benefit, for our benefit. And at times, if I be honest, this becomes me sometimes, right? I want Jesus because he's good for me, for my good. But a Jesus follower is somebody who's saying, I'm going to say no to me so I could say yes to God. Jesus consumer says yes to God so that I can say yes, more yes, have more things in my life that are good, right? And so Peter and the disciples, they didn't get it. Um, they, they were still trying to, they saw them, they were a Jesus consumer. They were thinking, what's in it for me, right? And, and, and they keep asking uh, Jesus to, to you know, let, allow them to be the greatest in the heaven and kingdom. Uh, two of the disciples asked, one can sit on the right and one on the left when, they're, when, when he's ruling on his throne. Um, they're, they're wanting more and more power and influence and, and, um, and more people to see them, right? Popularity. And, and throughout Scripture, one of the things that God is always combating, he's saying, all right, you can choose really one of two things. You can be a consumer and take and take and take, or you can be someone who follows me and gives the example of serving others, of loving others. And it's going to take us saying no to ourselves so we can say yes to Jesus. See, when, when you look at Jesus' life, he overcame three temptations. And throughout the scriptures, these three temptations pop up over and over and over again. You can simplify them as three different things, right? It's one's temptation of pleasure, one's of power, and one's of possessions, right? You can say it like this. It's, it's, it's all about um, um, the, the, uh, the gold, uh, the glory, right? And, and the girls or the guys, right? It's about, it's about those, those three things. Um, and over and over, these three temptations, sometimes there's a combination of them. But there's always these three things. It's about pleasure, power, and possession. And notice these things aren't necessarily bad in themselves, but when they become the main focus, they become bad. They become the, 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 the most important thing in your story. You begin to miss what God has for you. And so what Jesus is inviting them into, he says it's not about pleasure, it's not about power, it's not about possession. So if you want to know if you're a Jesus consumer or a Jesus follower, 
Well, if you're a consumer, you're looking at Jesus for more things so you can have more pleasure, right? You're looking at Jesus for more status so you could have more power. You're looking at Jesus for more things so you could have more things, right? More possessions, more blessings. And if you only look to Jesus for those three things, then you miss it. And the disciples were looking to him for those things, right? Most of the people that were following Jesus when he first started were because they were looking for those things. And in the beginning, that's not actually bad because you're wanting something better. But if you're going to be a Jesus follower, you have to get to a place where you say, all right, what is the objective you have for my life? And having an objective, his objective, is more about purpose than about pleasure. It's more about purpose than about power. It's more about purpose than possessions. And here's the truth. Purpose is always greater than those three. If you had to choose between those three and purpose that, God, that purpose God's calling you to, choose the purpose. Because God is saying, if you will lead, allow me to lead you, in many cases you'll have a lot of those things. They just will look slightly different, but you'll have them. But I'm going to lead you to something even better. Don't be a consumer. Be a follower, right? So being a just follower, being a Christian means we're following Christ. We're not just consuming all the things that he has for us. And, and, and unfortunately, especially in America, it's very easy to become a just consumer because our whole culture is about consuming things, right? We, we use things for our benefit, and uh, we miss the opportunity to serve others and help others. So in, in Mark 8, Jesus makes a statement to Peter, you don't understand, right? And throughout all of, almost every chapter, Jesus is trying to help change the perspective of the disciples, of the religious leaders, of people in his day of saying, guys, you're thinking about power, you're thinking about purpose, you're thinking about pleasure, I'm here to do something different. Let me lead you to something different. So let me read uh, just a couple sentences from chapter 9 and chapter 10 of, of Mark where they didn't get it. So Jesus, Peter rebukes Jesus and says, no, no, that's not right, right? So then the next chapter, he, he does these miracles and he talks about his death again and what's going to take place. And the disciples are like, wait, wait, so what, how much power are we going to have? And it says this in Mark 9. He sat down and called the 12 disciples over to him and said, says, whoever wants to be first must take the last place and be servant of anyone else. So he said, guys, you're arguing about power and authority, but if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom of God, take the last the last place, right? So every time he talked about the cross, every time he talked about uh, what, what he was trying to do with the kingdom, they would think about power and position. And he says, no, no, it's about serving others. And then Mark 10, notice Mark 10, he says in 42, when they start arguing about who's greatest again, he calls them over and says, you know that the rulers of this world, right, they lord it over people. Like they want the power. They want the position. They want the pleasure. And those officials, they flaunt their authority over those under them. So he's saying, guys, in, in our culture, and we see this even today, right? Those who, who want the power and the positions to make the decisions, those they're fighting is the power control, right? He's saying, those, they lord it over people. But among you, it m- must be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. Whoever wants to be first among you must be the slave to everyone else. And then here's the key verse in the, key, in the book of Mark. I know what Mark is all about and about Jesus. This is the key verse. He says, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. You want to know Jesus' purpose, his objective, what he was here to accomplish? It was not to be served, but to serve others and to give his life as a ransom for many. And the fact that he did that, his story lives on, his God, the gospel lives on, and, and is an invitation to us now, 2,000 years later, to follow his example, to do what he did, to give, to serve, to use our lives, not just for consumption, not just for ourselves, but for others. And this is the invitation that Jesus invites him into. So remember he says, if you want to follow me, right? Um, let's pick up in that verse again. So he calls the disciples in chapter 8, and he says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. And then he goes on and says this. So he doesn't stop there. There's more to this teaching, right? So he, sees, he rebukes Peter. 
He says, if you're going to follow me, right, deny yourself, take up a cross, and then follow me. And then he goes on and says this, whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for my gospel will save it. So he's saying, all right, guys, in, in this world, if it's all about pleasure, power, and, and um, possessions, and, and that's all you want for this life, you'll gain that here on earth, but then you're going to lose in the future. You're going to miss out on eternity. You're going to miss out on the kingdom of God. He says, what good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet lose, forfeit their soul? So it's a choice. He's saying, what good is it for somebody to make a decision to get all of the money, to get all of the power, to get all of the pleasure here on earth, and yet trade your soul for those things? He says, or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? So what's the value of your soul? What's the value of other people's soul? Can you put a value on that? How much money will it take for you to be able to say, I trade my soul for this? How much power does it take to say, I trade my soul for this? How much pleasure does it take to say, I trade my soul for this? One more hit, one more drink, one more night. What is it those things that we trade our souls for? Because the truth is, we decide every single day who we're going to follow or what we're going to follow or what's the most important. Just like Jesus' disciples. And Jesus over and over kept telling them, guys, don't miss this. Earth is short. Life is short. Eternity is long. Earth is just a test. Earth is just a moment. It's just a hallway into what's, what's next. Don't miss more, what's more important than just for right now. So what would you trade? What do you trade? Remember that your soul is greater than things. Don't ever forget that. Your soul is greater than pleasure. Your soul is greater than power. Your soul is greater than possessions. God has invited us into this journey. He says, if you're going to follow me, you have to choose what I'm asking you to, to, to do. C.S. Lewis, he's, the great quote from him says this, Aim at heaven, and you'll get earth thrown in. Aim at earth, and you'll get neither. Your soul is greater than things. The invitation is, what are you going to aim at? What is the objective for your life going to be? What is the focus of your life going to be? Because if you aim at heaven, you're going to get both. But if you only aim at earth, and you choose pleasure, power, and possessions, that's all you get. And hey, it might be fun for that season, because the Bible says sin is fun for a little while. But then, it produces something that's not good, death. And he invites us and says, what are you going to choose? Just a short-term pleasure, short-term things, or are you going to choose something greater? See, religion, when we look at the, the comparison, the series about between religion and, and relationship with God, right? Because Jesus is he's inviting us into relationship, not religion. Religion is about position. It's about appearance. It's about popularity. It's about who's right and who's wrong. But relationship is about sacrifice. It's about surrender. It's about our responsibility here and now. So I think of Father's Day. You know, I think of parents. It's a, it's a gift to have kids, but it's also a great responsibility that we have not to choose the wrong thing. And unfortunately, too many in our society, they choose, and these aren't bad things. Possessions and power and even pleasure, those aren't bad things. But when they're chosen over the more important things like relationships, they are bad. And many people for the wrong reasons or for the right reasons do the wrong things. And they neglect and they miss out. One of the issues we have in our country right now is, is absentee fathers. This doesn't just mean fathers aren't in the picture. It just means fathers that are absent even because of work, because of what's going on in their lives. We have to change that. We have to make sure the family is important, that our kids are important, that we say we, the next generation matters and we care for them. And he invites us. So remember Mark, Mark 8, Jesus says this, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way, take up your cross, and follow me. So that you deny yourself, right? It's denying ourselves. It's saying, it's saying no to the things that are going to cause something that's not good in the future. It's saying no to things that might even be good for the moment, but won't produce anything good in the future. 
Sin, deny yourself, right? Give up your way, take up your cross and follow me. So if we're going to follow Jesus daily, and, and he really calls us to a daily process, if we're Jesus followers, that's not just on Sundays. That also means on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and even Saturday. It means every single day of our week we're saying, God, I'm a Jesus follower. I'm following your example. I'm following your lead. So if you're going to follow daily, here's three things Jesus tells us we've got to do on a daily basis. We give up, right? So we give up our own way, deny ourselves, give up our own way, then we take up his, his cross, our cross, right? We take up that, that cross daily, um, and then we follow him. So every single day, you know, there's this, this um, I guess maybe a visual picture I could give you is every single day we have to make a decision what we're going to hold on to, right? What are we going to chase after? What are those things that we really, really, really want? And we hold on to them. And every day we have to make a decision. Am I going to choose this or am I going to choose what God has? So when I think of this daily process of being a Jesus follower, that I'm giving up my way, right? That I'm taking up my cross. Um, so so when, when the disciples heard Jesus talking about the cross, uh, they, they knew what a cross was. For us, it's a symbol, right? For us, it's, it's the story of Jesus. For them, it was capital punishment. It was death in front of everybody. It was embarrassing. It was, it was brutal. It was horrible. So when they would think of the cross and themselves even dying on the cross, that was not a good picture. So there's a reason they would say, wait, wait, Jesus, slow down. You're talking about the cross, but we really don't want a cross, right? We want power. Say, no, no. Just understand that my cross will produce something very beautiful. And when we take up our cross on a daily basis, it seems like the sacrifice at the moment, but really it's an investment into something better in the future. And when we take it up, and we follow him. He produces something great in our lives. So when I, when I think of this, this daily process of giving up, taking up, and following Jesus, I think of you know those things in my hands that I'm holding on. Right? What, what's today going to be about pleasure? What's today going to be about power? What's today going to be about more, more possessions or any more money, whatever it is? Like in those, remember those things aren't necessarily bad. But when I ask God, is this what I need to hold on to? Well, sometimes it's no. Those aren't the things. And when I think of when I'm giving up and taking up and following, essentially I'm getting my palms right. And I'm saying this, all right, God, all those things that I have in my hands, all those, those hopes and aspirations, I'm going to release them. And we would say palms down, right? And, and this, this, this picture, maybe even on a daily basis when you maybe pray and you think through what it, what it means to follow Christ, you would take those things and say, all my worries for tomorrow, right? The future, finances, health. God, all, all those things are very concerning right now, but I'm going to just release. And you go palms down. You just release. You say, God... I give up my rights. I give up my desires. I give up what I'm, what's most important to me. And I let go. It's called surrender. It's called denying ourselves. It's saying, God, I'm going to give up. And then what do you do? You take up your cross and say, God, what is it that you want me to do today? What are those things you want me to sacrifice? What is it that you have for me? And sometimes it's a simple thing. He's going to say, hey, would you spend some more time with you, Phil, and whoever that is? Maybe your coworker. Maybe your wife. Maybe your, your kids. Maybe would you call that person you have been thinking about and praying about, but you haven't. Whatever it is, maybe you say, God, what, what do you want me to do today? What, what, that, what's the sacrifice you want me to make? How am I going to take up my cross? And then when you do that, what you're saying is, God, it's not about me. It's about you. And I choose to follow. Can you imagine if all of us did this on a daily basis? God, I really want to do all these things, but I'm going to release them to you. God, I'm going to ask you to, to, to lead me. If you want to be his follower, you must give up your way, take up your cross, and follow him. Then you act on it. You do it. You go forward. And here's the thing. When you think of releasing, right, and you think of taking up a cross, here's what you have to understand is in the moment it sounds horrible and terrible. And it, it, is, it is difficult because it's like death, right? But understand this. Every cross is temporary. 
Every time God takes, asks you to take up something, it's a temporary thing. It might be the rest of your life. That might be the temporary, but one day it won't be the thing in heaven, right? And he's saying we're called to die. And in the Bible, death, really what death means is separation. It doesn't mean the end. It just means separation. So we take up a cross for maybe an addiction, right? And we let go of that. It's a separation from that thing that's destroying our lives. In that case, it's a good thing. It's a separation from us pursuing the wrong thing. And it's only temporary. And if you stick with it, that temporary cross will turn into something amazing. Because here's the truth, that every death in Christ is always followed by a glorious resurrection. In my life, when I say no to the things, sometimes even I want, things that even aren't necessarily bad, but just that keep me distracted, keep me away from God, whenever I say no to them, I release those, and I accept God and I follow Him, that death becomes a seed that plants something even better. Right? And I say, I say no to that. And every death in Christ is always followed by an amazing, glorious resurrection. And remember this, that death is not final. Our, our death will not be final, but even death in, to those things that, we, that, that we're saying no to, those are not always final. Sometimes they have to be like, some addictions have to be final, but he's saying, when you say no, when you deny yourselves, you take up what I'm asking, I'll produce something even better. Notice what Jesus says about death, and he says about, about sacrifice and about bearing something in our lives. In John 12, he says like this, I tell you the truth, unless a kernel of wheat is planted in the soil and dies, it remains alone. So every single day we take those things, right? And if we don't bury them and don't, don't kill those things and sacrifice those things, they'll never do anything with them. But he says, but death will produce, its death will produce many kernels, a plentiful harvest of new lives. So if that seed dies, it produces many more seeds. So in our lives, when we say no to something for something better, that actually turns into something greater. It, it, it has the, the ability to produce even more. And he goes on and says this, those who love their lives, and this is the picture he's given us, planting a seed and it dying, right? Those who love their lives in this world will lose it. Those who care nothing for this life in this world will keep it for eternity. So he's saying those who take that seed and say, no, it's only about pleasure and, and, and power and possessions, they actually lose their life. But those who say, you know what? It's not about that. I'm going to plant that. I'm going to give that to God. And I'm going to say, God, what is it really about right now? Then we get this beautiful produce, right? We get this beautiful tree, more seeds, more harvest. So the question today is, who are you following? And the real question is, am I following Jesus? Am I following Jesus? Remember, it starts with listening, but it always is followed by action. So what does it mean, right, to follow Jesus? It means that we become like him. It means we need to learn how to listen to what he's saying so we can respond. That's prayer and Bible study. And then today it's about a daily step, daily action that we say yes to God and no to the things that we want. So here's my challenge. Would you take up your cross daily? Would you make this part of your daily routine saying, God, I take up my cross today. God, I take up my cross today. What does that mean? It means palms down, palms up. Right, God, here's all the things I really want to do, but what do you want me to do? I say, I say no to those things so I can say yes to what you have. And sometimes he'll say, you know those things you're holding on to? Those aren't necessarily bad. Just would you do this first and then go do that. Other times you say, you know those things you're holding on to? Those are death in your life. They're killing you. They're destroying you. You need to let go of those. You need to bury those and plant those never to return. And one day, by saying no to those things, you're saying yes to a great future. You're saying no to destructive things. You're saying yes to something that's going to be amazing. So today, take up your cross and follow Jesus. He says, if anyone wants to follow me, he'll deny himself. Right? He'll let go of his way. He'll take up his cross and he'll follow me. That's God's invitation. Palms down, surrender, release, palms up.
God, I receive. I take up that thing. I sacrifice. What do you want me to do? So this week, every day, would you say that? God, I take up my cross. What does this look like? I release my agenda, my plans, my objectives. I take up yours. I release. I take up. The disciples caught it, and they got it so good that they were willing to give their lives away to say, I want others to know this. They live the ultimate sacrifice of saying, even if it costs me everything, if it means others will find, find Christ, they'll find God, I say yes. We need that more now today than ever. That we give up popularity, we give up power, we give up pleasure, we give up possessions, so we can live a life like Jesus, to serve others, to care for others. That we'll take up our cross and say, God, whatever it costs, I say yes to following you. I say yes to allowing you use my life to make a difference here on earth and for eternity. You know, every single day, you make a decision who you're going to follow. Some of you are making the decision to follow a specific political party. Can I just tell you that's temporary? That's not going to last. Some of you, every single decision, make it a, make it a point to decide to follow money. That's temporary. It's not going to last. Some of you make every single day, you want popularity and power, others to respect you and earn, and you chase that your whole life. And that's only temporary. God says, if you follow me, I'll help you understand how to put those in the right perspective. I'll help you understand how to use those things. Those things aren't bad. We should desire, desire to be greater in life. But when those become the most important, we miss out, and we become more like the things that we chase. I don't know about you, but I don't want to become more like any political party. They're all going crazy and mad, right? They're temporary. I don't want to become the person that just chases money all my whole life and realize at the end of it, I chased the wrong thing. I don't want to just chase popularity and power and be able to command people and do these things. Because at the end of the day, that doesn't live on. How many powerful people do you know that we celebrate that only live for themselves? Zero. They're all the, the villains in the stories, right? But those who sacrificed, who gave it all, who served, we look at those as example, examples and say, I want to be like that. So today, would you take up your cross? Or would you follow? Would you take up your cross and make this a daily thing where you're saying, God, I choose to say yes to you. If you're watching today and you are not a Jesus follower, my prayers through this series and even through the message you've been hearing, that something in your heart is stirring that says, it's time for you to start following. It's time for you to deny yourselves Even things that aren't necessarily bad, but they're just not the best. Some of those things are horrible. You need to deny them, put them away. But some things, it's just you need to say, I need to make a decision to say yes to the things God has for me. So maybe today you're watching. Maybe you've never made a decision to follow Christ. Maybe today's that day. Maybe some of you made the decision a long time ago, but you walked away. Like Peter, like some of the other disciples. He gets it. I get it. But God still invites you onto this journey. You know, I, made, I, I quoted uh, C.S. Lewis uh, earlier in the, in the service. I love C.S. Lewis's story because he was 17 years old. He walked away from God. He denied the existence of God and said, I am no longer Jesus follower or Christ Christian. I will now be an atheist. Fifteen years later, the same friend he told he was an atheist, he wrote a letter explaining why he became a Christian. It took him a little, a little bit to find it, but his journey of being an unbeliever helped him to understand the importance of Jesus. A great, incredible story. He said, I have made a decision to follow Jesus. I'm going to use my life to help others. Great authors written some great books. In our lives, who are we deciding to become? If you've walked away from God, maybe you're needing God in this moment, I'd love to lead you in a prayer that says, God, I say yes to following you. 
See, Revelation says this. Jesus, the end of the end of the book, Bible, last book in the in the in the in the Bible says this. Jesus knocking on the door. He says, "Here I am." I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Jesus is saying, here I am standing at the door of your heart, of your life, and I'm knocking. I want relationship. Standing, I'm knocking. When I talked to the disciples, he said, come and follow me. He's saying, I'm standing, I'm knocking. I want relationship. If anyone will open the door, I will come in and we'll have a meal together. Some of you that are watching, you need to say yes to that meal. You need to say yes to that relationship and begin to say, God, yes to God when he has. So if you're watching today, I love to lead you in a prayer. If you're ready to make that decision, take that step of saying, you know what? I make the decision to follow Christ. Would you pray this prayer with me right now? Say this. Say, Father God, today I invite you into my life. I say no to my life, to my desires, to my purposes, my objectives and I say yes to yours forgive me for getting off track forgive me of my sins forgive me for making it about me all the time forgive me of my past mistakes they christened your son Jesus to give us an example of how to live for dying on that cross in my place that he's alive through resurrection because of that I can have life today I say yes to you today, God. Come into my life. 